Pato Ball delivers in a big way for the second straight time. Plus, Fessel actually defends Nelson for once. The spite is starting to set in for Tori. Nani is out here double dealing, and TJ is laughing his ass off because it's that time of the season, ladies and gentlemen. Trivia time. It's the challenge. Ride or Dies episode 11 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very, very much for joining me here this Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whenever it is you are getting around to listening to this Ride or Dies recap podcast. That's what we're here to do. Episode 11, Ride or Dies, the season rolls right along and is just going to probably keep rolling on right through the new year into the probably 2024. I actually think this season might go a full 60 plus episodes all the way into 2024, the way it's shaping up right now. But we'll talk about that later. We've got Rider Dies episode 11. That's what we're covering here this evening. Couple programming notes. The Australia season recap is going to be on this Friday. It was meant to be this past Monday. However, for those of you maybe in the Midwest region of the states here or maybe uh, anywhere really in the states, you might have heard there's a big old storm coming through the Midwest and big parts of the country here for the holiday weekend, which meant a bunch of plans got rearranged. Uh, I am here in Chicago, if you didn't know, getting the brunt of this massive storm rolling in, which completely altered all holiday-related travel. I am now hunkering down for the weekend and hoping that the negative 20 degrees and the possible 10-plus inches of snow uh, isn't going to do do any harm or anything here, but wasn't traveling, so we had to had to move some things around, did a little celebrating a little early, going to do it a little late, which changed the work and podcast schedule. So I appreciate your patience in waiting for that Challenge Australia season recap. That will be Friday. As for next week, in between the two holidays, Rider Dies for sure next week. That's the only podcast that's guaranteed next week. Um, otherwise, we will see. There might be a second one. There might not. We're going to see how things go with the altered holiday schedule and New Year's coming up and all of that good stuff. So that's what you got coming forward. And speaking of the Challenge Australia, it's going to be referenced a few times tonight. So if you're someone out there who has not checked out that season and maybe you've got a nice little break coming up for the holiday. Maybe you got a little break from work. Maybe, you know, you too were also like, I was going to do all this traveling and now, boom, big winter storm. I'm stuck. Well, uh, you know, condolences. But if you need something to binge, the Challenge Australia would be quite the good binge. And again, those links are very prevalent out there. And there's a couple things we're going to talk about this episode in reference. A couple things that happened on the Challenge Australia. I will do so in a spoiler free way for those who haven't watched. But go find that watch. And then you got all the recaps uh, there to listen to as well. Go back in the feed. And I did two episodes at a time. Not even that many recaps. You can binge the whole season plus the recap podcast probably in one elongated holiday weekend. So that's there for you. As for tonight, episode 11, Ride or Dies. Let's dive in, skipping the Cliff Notes recap as we've been doing of late, heading right into the storyline discussion. 
It's trivia time, TJ's favorite time of the year, and most fans' favorite daily of the year. I'd actually really like to kind of do some sort of poll or have have someone with as, uh, as big an audience as possible um, from the challenge community do a poll out there if everyone actually is trivia really truly the number one favorite i think it is because it's kind of the only daily challenge that's like a staple you could just say they do trivia every season even if it's different every season and a lot of the others you could say like oh they do a mini final every season but it's like really what what's that and is that going to be someone's favorite i don't i don't know um but uh you know i'm starting to think I just don't know. I know that it's at least half of the fan base's favorite daily challenge. It is my favorite daily challenge every season, more often than not. It's certainly the one I anticipate the most. But again, it's the only one that I know we're going to get for sure in some version. And as we always talk about, some versions of trivia are better than others. And this one is, I will say, better than the similar version of it that we get in the Challenge Australia as now we have the fun moment of that we went all the way through the Challenge Australia. By the end of that season, there was at least a couple daily challenges or eliminations or elements of the game that we're like, oh, now we get to see it here first. Good for them. Now we'll probably see that in Ride or Dies as the last of the seasons that were watched and filmed in that location. Unless, of course, we get to watch UK or Argentina. That's neither here nor there. This version, the team version of it, was a lot more fun on these spinning boards than the pairs version was in Australia. Team trivia is maybe just kind of a lot better than pairs or individual trivia, honestly, uh, because everyone, you know, gets to stay in the game for longer. And I don't know, I just found myself kind of, I don't remember the last time we had team trivia, but I really liked this version of it. I do still prefer to have questions with a list of answers. I still think that is the best version of trivia because it adds a little bit of a level of fairness to the game when it's, you know, there's eight answers to this question, like go until someone gets one wrong, a bunch of people have to answer the same question then. So I do prefer those, but I thought this was a really good version of trivia. I thought the questions were both pretty fair across the board outside of the it's like every question is ride or die themes. And then boom. Oh, also, could you spell a word for me? And if, if you're spelling bee champs out there and you're like, yeah, those are super easy, like good for you. Um, that's awesome. I would love to be able to spell words better, but most people suck at spelling, especially, you know, most people suck at spelling when we have to learn how to spell words and actually study for spelling tests in like third grade, fifth grade, whatever grade you do spelling tests the most in, but certainly in adult life, we all suck at it. We all type everything. Everything's digital. We use, you know, we use spell check and all that stuff. Um, and still even get words wrong all the time. So I did feel bad for the couple people that out of nowhere, it's like, okay, well, we're thinking ride or dies. We're thinking ride or dies. Lots of pop culture ride or dies. We got this. And then boom, here's a word. I don't know how to do that. Why can't I have a pop culture? Why can't I have the Williams sisters? Huh? Which speaking of let's just quickly, because it's trivia. The number one thing to talk about with trivia is <laughs> What were the worst answers and what were the most impressive? So we do a little winners and losers here. Uh, we start with the losers or the worst looks, as I would call it, because there's no actual losers in trivia. This is all in good fun because I and I hope everyone listening would be you know, smart enough to know that they also would look dumb in these situations. They probably would also to come across something they have no idea and everyone else knows and you would look a little silly and that's the fun of it. And so the worst looks 
Um, but these are certainly not losers because they got to participate in trivia late in a challenge season or midway in a challenge season, whatever the hell we are. Anyways, worst looks. First up, Chauncey. This one's actually like legit bad. Like, in, in, you know, yeah, sure, maybe you've never paid attention to tennis in your life. And also, I believe Chauncey is one of the youngest people in this cast. I think he's like early, like 23, 24, maybe. Um, and so, you know, Venus and Serena, you know, Venus hasn't really been doing her. Th she's been doing her thing, but not like winning at a high level for, you know, the last handful of years. Serena's been in and out, but still like winning a title after, you know, between kids and all that, like crazy shit in the last few years. But I get it where I'm 32 and I'm like, dude, Venus and Serena, like, what are you talking about? You know, the women that win every freaking major for like a decade plus or whatever it was. Um, I get that maybe, you know, the youth part of that, but still like, come on, it's Venus and Serena. Jordan, not being able to spell his partner's last name. I don't know how to pronounce it properly and with the proper, you know, uh, uh, pr the proper way he does in the in the confessional afterwards, that's fine. Ferrara, Ferrera. Uh, but I do know how to spell it. Now, have I typed her name into a lot of documents tracking stats of the challenge or captions or notes or anything? Yeah, sure. But like, she's your ride or die, Jordan. It's her last name. And it's, it's I guess, tricky, but it's not that tricky. F-E-R-R-E-I-R-A. -R -R -E like, eh, you got to remember the E-I. Like, come on. So... That was a tough look. We did have some exposure of ride or dies who maybe weren't the most ride or die. Then Tori. This one is, is I don't even know it should be on the list because I get it. Uh, again, you know, you didn't watch Goodwill Hunting. Maybe you're just not into that Hollywood movies. Like, you don't know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are best buds. Okay. Is that such a sin? Well, yeah, I think it is. Uh, so, yeah, the fact you don't know Matt and Ben. Like, in, in, it's more so... If she would have been completely oblivious, like, I don't know what that movie is. I don't I don't know any. I have nothing. But the fact that she immediately was like, well, Ben Affleck. And then it's like, okay, well, if you know one, like, it would have been better if you didn't know either. You should have thought, maybe think through the end of the answer. And you're like, wait, I don't know either one. I shouldn't act like I know one because it just it's better. So, anyways, Tori's on the list. Casey's on the list. Garden of Eden. I saw some people on the internet saying that it was, like, rude to ask her the biblical question. And... Like, let's let's just not everyone. Let's let's point out the the true flaws um, in the show because it has them constantly. All of these reality co competition shows, unfortunately, do have real things to point out and be like, get better, do better. I don't think this was one of them. I think it was a pretty it, it was fine. Um, and but yeah, she gets Adam and Eve wrong. And again, as I I think it's nice they have like Fessel be like, hey, you know, I'm different religion over here. Still know that one. It's pretty just prevalent in you know the world um and yeah so that one not great mariah was the other ride or die who gets completely called out um her and fessel both i forget what fessel's question about mariah that he got wrong oh siblings which is also they'll, they'll both group together mariah and fessel obviously not ride or dies we've known that for a while uh obviously just uh barely knew each other she was fit he they weren't going to put him and casey together for some unbeknownst reason and so he brings mariah along which is great because mariah has been a, a, a good addition to the show but she doesn't know his birthday month not day month like month you just got to know the month come on uh, it's just yeah and, you know, she he doesn't know how many siblings she has. That's slightly 
it's slightly not as bad as the birthday month. It's still really bad. And as she points out, it is maybe equal because it's not like she has one or two siblings where it's like, oh, yeah, like I know we talked about that or like you've told stories about this person, but was there another one? It's like she has six. Uh, and so that is a big number. And as she says, like when it's that kind of number, like it feels like you would remember that number. So Fessel and Mariah, not ride or dies. Then Devin. Devin loses the game on the Jay-Z Alicia Keys Empire State of Mind question. And I got a little bit of a thought with this one because, you know, he says Jay-Z and Rihanna. If you if you don't know the answer, if you're going to get that wrong, you know, that's that is like a realistic like, yeah, like, uh, you know, I messed up. And like those two have collabed before to much success and like whatever. But. Are we sure Devin didn't do this on purpose? Are we sure he isn't okay losing these and just putting on the act? And we're going to talk about him at the bar later on. And so I think my answer, the answer to this question is is no. But it also could be yes in that Devin is this good of an actor and a performer now because, I don't know, he, he admitted earlier in the season via social media, he was one of the ones that came out and said, you know, like, all of none of us are trying to win the daily challenges because it wasn't advantageous, which now it is advantageous to win at this point of the game, unless you're okay with one, it's a girl's day. So maybe, you know, some of that seeping back in from the olden days of like, it's a girl's day, the guys don't care. If it's a guy's day, the girls don't have to care. Or also you're just kind of okay with losing people from your team because you feel pretty secure with the alliance you have on the other side of the aisle that you aren't going to end up any worse than in the draw with, you know, someone else that was probably going to save you if they pulled the thing. So I don't know. I'm getting some feelings that maybe Devin wasn't trying. I feel like he knew the answer to that question. But the final loser, Bananas. The old ass jokes, dude, like you just, he's got to stop. Like the suck my ass TJ. It was kind of funny the very first time you did it out of nowhere. And TJ thinks it's like one of the greatest moments he's ever experienced on the show, or at least is nice enough to say that over and over on different podcasts where Bananas brings it up with him. Um, but all the different jokes from Bananas, his, his jokes are never that good. Uh, they're always, you know, the lowest hanging fruit the most obvious and usually retread jokes said over and over. And they're just not that funny. And I, I kind of was a little annoyed with him. This whole, this whole challenge as for winners, I've only got three Nelson, obviously for both getting two questions, right. And the farting moment, which we will talk about in the awards section, Olivia, for yes, she got her word wrong. She couldn't spell her word, but she went all the way wrong with it. And she was just like, I'm going to, I already fucked this word up midway through. I'm just going to throw some C's and T's and whatever in the end of this and get way, way wrong. That was fun. Plus she had the little moment where they put the frozen background behind her. She says she almost was Elsa for something or other. I just, I liked her performance all around, even if she didn't get a question right. And then the third and final winner. And obviously the most biggest winner of the day, TJ. TJ always has so much fun. He has a lot of fun here. I appreciated getting the montage of TJ laughing. I appreciated the conversation about TJ's laugh echoing throughout their heads all day long when they do trivia. All of it, TJ, as the biggest winner of trivia per usual. Next thing to discuss then, the decision to throw in Narice. And we'll get to the Tory Jordan Narice as a part of this because that's really kind of the only 
you know, storyline that is above the actual what's happening in the game of this episode. So we'll get that at in this decision. But the decision to throw in Nerese. The team is not unified at all. Let's start there. Their team is not unified. It wasn't last week after the moment they realize, you know, they have a group meeting. They can't come up to a decision. They get to the zone. And then clearly it is five people made a decision and did not tell the other couple, most notably Nelson, who thought I'm a part of this. What the hell is going on here? And so Nelson brings this up when they get to the deliberation again. And, uh, you know, the eight of them were sitting in the room and got to give my guy a shout out. Fessel actually defends Nelson for once. Now, is it does it even deserve to be like a point in the ledger of like making up for all of the the things, the one big thing, obviously? I don't know, but it was a nice sign and a nice moment after last week when we were like, wait, 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 did Fessel know? And like, because he and out like, you can't even tell your boy at this point. Like, that's going to be a real bad look and really tough for that specific relationship within the team. But it seems like maybe Fessel was like, I was told um, as we walked up there or whatever, like he wasn't totally in the loop either. And then in this situation, he actually defends Nelson. Nelson brings this up. Everyone's like, you know, it's fine. Like, we'll be kumbaya. But then also, like, we're going to throw in Norris, right? Because we have to go for, we have to weaken their team. And they use the weaken their team argument as why it has to be Norris. And Fessel is very quick to be like, whoa, uh, last week it wasn't weaken their team. Because if it was, that would have been Jordan and Devin. And y'all weren't having any of that. And he like stands up for Nelson's side of things and Nelson's point, And he kind of moves over to maybe Nelson's side of this little split between their team. So that's something to keep an eye on. And this is all geared towards one thing that as, as usual, I mean, these people are vets of this game. They know what wording to use, what arguments to use to get whatever goals they have, even when those arguments and goals aren't in alignment. It's just what you can say or can't say at any given time. This is all geared towards keeping Nani safe, which what an advantage for Nani. She's got Casey, Bananas, Tori, and Anissa on the other team looking out for her best interest, a.k.a. The four women of the Vacation Alliance plus her partner on the other team. So that's pretty insane. We do have the literal moment that I bet so many fans out there who hate this Vacation Alliance were just cringing at. We get the four of them in the bedroom talking together, Nani, Tori, Anissa, and Casey, and like plotting. And it's just a snapshot of, you know, this this group or the, the female side of the group that has really taken over the show in the last few seasons and much to a lot of fans chagrin. So not, it's all to keep Nani safe. That's the entire argument from Casey from bananas and really even Tori and Anissa a little bit is we can use keeping Nani safe as a guys, because what Tori really wants and what Anissa is also maybe really wants is to get Narice out, out of spite because Tori and Jordan and Narice, uh, you know, I, I regret what I said back in like episode seven or eight. I forget which podcast, but I was like, well, you know, what's kind of nice. Really haven't had any like Tory Jordan stuff. And I wasn't really looking forward to it. And I didn't really want it to be the biggest storyline of the season. And, you know, I spoke a little bit too soon. I should have realized this season's like going to be 72 episodes long. There's a lot of time left to have this, the storyline because now it's like the only storyline the last couple weeks. Again, the only one that rises above like what's actually happening in the game. And uh, it blows up even further this week. Um, you know, 
Tor, the spite is setting in for Tori, and I feel horrible for Tori. I really, really do, because this situation is totally fucked. Like, so fucked. Um, I just can't imagine it. I've said that before. I will say that again. I'll make sure to preface everything with that and acknowledge that this is a horrendous situation, and there has been multiple times during this horrendous situation this season where she's been on the receiving end of some shitty actions by and words and whatever by Jordan again. Um, and I, you'd feel a certain way in her position, no matter what's going on. But I say all that to just make sure to preface and acknowledge that because this is the first episode I've been turned off by Tori in the situation. Um, and just, I, I, in particular, the conversation she and Reese has, and again, I get it. I get where she's coming from. I get why she's feeling this way. I get that she would probably be the first to say she isn't acting in her best self and, you know, in whatever in these moments. But she says to Narice, quote, I would have never done that to a girl. I would have been more considerate in the moment, but I don't think that makes you a bad person. <laughs> End quote. And that that little, I don't think it makes you, a, like, I wouldn't have done that. You did, but I don't think it makes you a bad person is just so disrespectful to say. Uh, you know, you are telling them they're a bad person when you say that. And uh, whether you want to believe, you know, Norris is for the action, for hooking up with Jordan in this particular situation or not, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I just wish it would all go away, honestly. And I'm, you know, hopeful that while I love Narice, Narice is the fucking best. Like, oh, she, I hope she does seven seasons in a row. Um, it sounds like she's been in the reality world for a while. She's one I keep seeing a bunch of social media stuff of like, we could have had Narice, Narice like way long ago and we didn't. Like, they fucked up on casting. At least they finally got it right now. So uh, I forget what her original shows or anything were, but, uh, yeah, give me as many seasons as Narice wants to do because she's amazing. But now that she's eliminated by the end of this episode, or at least in the Redemption House or whatever it's going to be, uh, maybe we get a little less Tori, Jordan, Narice. But guess what? Next week on, the only thing they feature, Tori and Jordan. So we'll see how that goes. But her vote and Anissa wanting to go that route is definitely because of the Jordan thing. Plus, you combine that with Bananas fucking Mariah, and they don't want to go. So he's, you know, convincing everyone we don't want to go for her. And then you throw on top, they don't care about Nelson. They're trying to protect Nani. And this is a done deal. Everything is working against Narice in this moment, against Nelson's side of the argument in this moment. That just, you know, that wrap, it's a wrap. It's just, there's no, there's no argument to be had. This is only going to go one way the entire time. But quickly, before we move to the elimination, Gotta say, you know I love a hypothetical. You know I love talking about what, what would have been the best version or could be the best version of the season. And we missed out in a big way here. And this is why I was so upset when Devin got that question wrong. And while I, while I possibly think he got that wrong on purpose, I don't know. If the other team wins, if Mariah's team wins, this episode is so interesting and so entertaining. Because walk down that road with me just real quick here. The other team wins. And so that would mean that Fessel's team has lost, which means on the women's day, Tori, Anissa, Casey, and Olivia would be up for elimination. And that would get very complicated because on the other team, you would immediately have, regardless of all the shit that's going down, you would have Jordan immediately be like, I got to look out for Tori and Anissa. And so by that would mean that, hey, J Jordan would be the first one to be like, Olivia's really good. 
and she's the rookie. We got to put her in. In his head, thinking we put Olivia in, Tori and Anissa, if they draw the safe thing, they can save each other. That's the best situation we can give to them. But then you would have Nani who'd be like, wait a minute. Uh, If we put Olivia in, then Casey is more than likely going to be the one going against her. And I might be in this alliance with Tori and Anissa, but like I'm in, in Casey, but like Casey and I are in a different level of that alliance in our minds. So like that ain't going to happen. And I would have seen Nani being the one she's clearly out. She's playing, you know, she's playing for blood this season. Like she's double dealing. She's doing all this stuff. So I would not have put it past Nani to immediately been like, wait a minute. No, we can't do that. Olivia can't be the vote, which means it either has to be Tori or Anissa. And I don't know which one she would have thrown under the bus, probably Tori, but if she would have, you've got, Horacio, who would have immediately been like, yep, I don't want to vote for Olivia. You're right. Uh, I'll, whatever. Let's go with Tori. It's Tori. Nani says Tori. Horacio would immediately be like, yep, I'll vote for Tori. No problem. Mariah would be like, yeah, I'm not voting for Olivia. I'll vote for Tori. No problem. And then, you know, Devin prob- obviously probably sides with Jordan. He goes to that side of things. But then you got Chauncey and Amber, or Amber, excuse me, Chauncey's on the other team. You got Amber. She probably would be willing to go with the rookies who she likes a little bit better. And then you've got Narice, who also would be like, Rook, yeah, I'm not throwing Olivia in. That's my girl. That's my other fellow rookie. So right there, just with the the uh Nani leading the way and the three rookies on their team, Horacio and Mariah and Narice, that's four out of seven. That's the votes. That's Tori going into the elimination and then that's the draw setup where olivia and casey would very likely save each other maybe casey would save anisa maybe or olivia being the smart politician she would be be like hey you're possibly saved because of me because they didn't want to put me in and so if i pull the safe dagger i will save you but only if you promise to do the same for me if you don't then like I might pick Anissa and put you in versus Tori and get one of the strong one of the two of the strongest women out of the house or whatever. So there's just a world where one, no matter what, that's much more interesting, complicated, and a big argument between that team. And two, there's a world where it ends up being Anissa versus Tori in Pato Ball, pole wrestle, and that would have been. I mean, I don't know how hard they would have tried going against each other like that. Maybe in that situation it actually sucks because maybe Tori in that moment is like. I'd rather not be here, honestly, right now. This this whole experience has sucked, so I'll just bow out to my best friend. I don't know, but the, all the lead-up would have been amazing. Would it have maybe ruined what ends up being a great elimination? I don't know, but I'll end the hypothetical there because now we've got to talk about that pretty great elimination. Let's talk about the elimination, and quickly before we do, Nani's double deal is going to get exposed, right? I feel like it's going to, it's it's up to Mariah and Amber to figure it out and expose it. But those two talk, those two are friendly. I would think they were eventually going to have some sort of talk. Maybe Mariah gives like another apology or whatever. And in that, it comes up like, look, I had a deal. Obviously, I had a deal with Nani. And then Amber would be like, wait, I had a deal with Nani. And like, 
this is going to get figured out. Will it or won't it? Because Amber also doesn't always talk that much after the fact. She kind of is, you know, by by sometimes not by her choice is just forced to keep it moving in this game, which I just again, I don't get I still we have yet again to not see any reasoning behind why no one seems to like Amber in this world other than all of the fans because we all fucking love her. Um, she's amazing. But anyways, I'm I'm very curious to see if next week if Mariah and Amber will have a conversation that will lead to Nani's double dealing getting exposed or if she's just going to flat out get away with it and she very well might. Pato Ball. Let's talk Pato Ball. Pato Ball delivers again. If you haven't seen Challenge Australia, I started the, this podcast with saying, go watch it, binge it over this holiday, weekend, weeks, whatever we got coming here. But specifically, the ninth episode, the final elimination, I am not going to, I'm not going to say anything more than it's one of the all-time greatest eliminations that there's ever been. Um, I will leave it at that because I know a lot of you listening haven't watched that season yet, and so... I encourage you, again, it's a very good season. Episodes 1 and 2 and then 5 to 10 are really, really good. 3 and 4, there's kind of a little bit of a lull before 5, 6, 7, 8 is like, whoa, like this is amazing shit. And then the final is even actually like pretty good. And again, episode 9, the final elimination of the season is one of the best of all time. And I guess it's obvious that it's Pato Ball related because I'm saying it here, but that's all I'll say. I won't say who's in it, anything like that. You should go watch the season, but... Pato Ball, we've seen it once before, and it delivered in an all-time great way. And so now it comes back again, and it we got the exact right matchup for it to deliver in a very good way again. Because there was, you know, pending if this was Mariah or Casey, I think just size strength experience-wise, I don't know if this is as good of a matchup as Amber versus Narice ends up being. Maybe I'm shortchanging Narice, but I mean, I don't know. Mariah's quite a bit bigger uh, and stronger than these. Uh, two or then Narice is and then Casey just I just my respect level for Casey is very very high at this point on the physical side of things so it just is what it is Amber versus Narice solid matchup turns into a great great elimination round an awesome elimination round both of these two women absolutely crush it Narice holds her own she has the upper hand like a bunch of times like the first the first round's very takes quite a while the second round goes a little bit quicker and or maybe a lot of bit quicker but the first round there's like three or four different moments where it's like narice is gonna like narice got this like she's got smart position she's moving in all the right way she's looking awesome doing it and it feels like she's gonna win but then we start to get she ha doesn't pull it away and then the editing gets a little obvious but deservingly so because they start doing all the talk of like how the F does Amber get out of holding it in this way, that way, the other way? They do the whole, you know, little montage of different people talking about how flexible she is right up to the sex jokes from between her and Chauncey, which were great. And I loved and I, I finally some personality like Chauncey's starting to it feels like he's starting to get a little more comfortable and, you know, doing the confessionals and just in the house in general and being on the cameras in general, whatever. We're getting a little more personality from him and from the two of them together. And I just, I really like both of them. I really like Amber. I, again, I don't get the whole why no one in the cast seems to ever like or want to work with Amber. She's a beast and she proves it again here. Um, but how the fuck does she get out of holding? She's holding it behind her back multiple times in this where she gets, she is holding behind her back and Narice has it, you know, in front of her chest, like can rip, can turn, can whatever. And Amber's just flopping around like I'm just holding on. Doesn't matter where you pull it. I'm still going to keep a hand on. 
And it's pretty insane. And at the moment where they start highlighting that, you're like, oh, Amber about to win this, obviously. And she does. Amber shows out. She gets the win. She's now 5-1 and one in eliminations with a challenge championship with the fact that everyone is always fucking taking shots at her for no reason. Every single season she's been on, she's been just targeted, 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 fucked over, fucked over, fucked over. And she still, you know, is 5-1 and one in the limbs, a challenge championship. In her third season, she's, you know, making it very close to, like, in a solid position to maybe make another final here. Her resume is getting pretty stacked. That's all I'm saying. Uh, her resume is getting pretty stacked. So we're we're going to keep an eye on that. Let's see if she makes the final first. But then at that point, we've got to start talking like, you know, it's not the best first three seasons anyone's ever had. Uh, I think there's going to be some others that would stand up against it, certainly. But um, it's going to it's going to start, you know, it's just going to start looking really, 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 really good and really, really starting to stand out. So that's that. Is Narice on the other side, though? Is Narice injured? It feels like Narice might be injured because we get, you know, she's holding her wrist after the first round is over. And then the second round doesn't take that long. And it feels like maybe it's because of her. She's not able to hold on super well because she does amazing in the first round. And then the second round is like a little bit easier of a path. And with the pato ball thing, it is really brutal. The handles are really, really brutal. I, I guess I should mention it you know I, I cover when i talk about the pato ball that is in challenge australia those handles move as anisa points out they kind of move around which means your hands and wrists specifically can get in all kinds of fucked up positions underneath bodies moving around it makes so you can hang on better and you can you know do what amber does here and gets out of positions but it also means that you know some you could possibly get yourself hurt really really badly but it definitely leads in this moment. It, it leads, Narice is injured because she's holding it between the rounds. She's, you know, holding it afterwards while she's staying there in the pit. And then when TJ brings her back in afterwards, she's, you know, holding it again. And it just, you know, as someone who uh, has broken my wrist before, it looks like it looks like what it looks like when you fear that you've like broken or sprained your wrist or something in your hand or whatever. And you're like, I'm just going to put the other arm under it to like take the weight and the pressure off of it. It doesn't look good is what I'm saying. And it feels like if she was injured, they would be like, hey, like, can you can we not say that yet? Can you are you like good? Like, could you at least go out there and talk to TJ and then we'll deal with this later. So I fear that in the, that works out because she has an amazing reaction to TJ telling her whatever that, that little back and forth is way, way better and more interesting and entertaining than uh big Ken was uh, last, last week. But it feels like we're at some point down the road going to hear a Nelson. Unfortunately, Norice got injured in that patch of ball. And so she isn't still here. And that means that you are out of the game. And if that happens, wow, that's going to be after this season, Nelly's having, that's going to be really tough, but I don't know, man, it, it definitely looked like she was hurt. Time for some awards. We start with best quote, which look, there were some good ones in this episode. I just maybe forgot to write them down. And so with this award, we only got one nominee and uh, he is the winner and that's Nelson just for the simple fact that I did write down and remember that he dropped the quote, don't do this to me, TJ. I always look like boo-boo the foo. 
end quote, which I know boo boo the foo is a slang saying that, you know, lots and lots of people use is used quite often by many folks, but I personally haven't come across it that much in my life. And so I purely associate Boo Boo the Foo with very specifically Darrell on Fresh Meat 1 during the moment where he is watching Kenny and Ev through, Bina or is it Kenny and Jen? I forget who. He's watching two other people talk uh, through binoculars and there's this fun little moment. They catch him looking at him in binoculars and in the confessional, he talks about like, I'm not going to be boo-boo the foo. I know when I'm the one, you know, being targeted here. And it's just a great little Darrell moment that I really, really love from that season. So when I hear Nelson say that, my immediately my mind is just boom, right back to Darrell in the binoculars doing a little spying on the teams in power and whatever. And so it felt like a fun challenge callback to me, even I don't know if Nelson is like Darrell has said this on the show before and, you know, I look up to Darrell or whatever. I highly doubt it. I bet Nelson's just like, this is a saying that I would say, and I'm going to say it here. But for me, it felt like a challenge callback to a really fun moment that I like a lot. So for that reason, uh, I, and for also because I didn't write down some of the other good quotes that were said, Nelson gets the win. As for best moment, uh, three nominees, but the first one has three sub nominees in it because the first nominee is trivia, obviously. And within trivia, I would say Chauncey not getting the Williams sister question correct is one moment that stands out. The TJ laughing montage is another one that stands out, certainly. But Nelson's fart and Nelson going full, I'm going to throw the legs up, I'm going to rip ass, I'm going to let it be loud, and I'm going to tell everyone it's about to happen, then I'm going to do it, then I'm going to laugh about it, then I'm going to waft it to my teammates' faces. I mean, that was really fun. It was really great. I loved every moment of it. And so if there was one moment from trivia that had to actually be the standout nominee for the best moment of the episode, it's Nelson farting for sure. The next nominee. I referenced this earlier, and I didn't talk about it yet, so we'll touch on it here. Nelson and Devin at the bar. They have a conversation at the bar, and Devin's performance in this conversation is just chef's kiss. Amazing. Uh, he looks very not interested in whatever the hell Nelson's talking about. He, a couple different times, has to say, what? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's just in his own world of despair, I guess. I guess he really, this is why I said he's either an incredible actor or my idea of him losing that challenge on purpose is completely and utterly wrong because he seems devastated in this moment, like he let his team down and he's bummed out. He also seems incredibly upset at the drink he has been given uh, whatever that concoction is, there is a moment at the end of it. The the camera starts to pan away from the two of them and like kind of closer in to Jess Nelson. But you catch a little glimpse of Devin takes a sip and then just makes the most horrible face at his drink and like looks at the drink in just complete and utter anger. And I can tell. I mean, obviously, he's a man who likes his beer, likes to have a, have a cocktail, likes to have a drink. We know that. And the shit they're getting served at this place, I think Devin has officially reached the point of being completely fed up that even when he's losing, he's like, look, we, my team sucks. We lost. I'm not up for elimination, though. I could get hammered right now if I wanted to. If I, I could have 12 beers if they let me, and they won't. They give me this bullshit, whatever, this sugar fruit 
filled, don't even think it has any liquor in it, mocktail type drink. He just looks disgusted. And Nelson the whole time is like pouring his heart out like, I fucking hate this team. I wish I was on your team. I, I don't even care about losing. If, if the team was cool and like we liked each other and respected each other, it's just like... Yeah, I love everything that's happening in that moment at the bar. And then the third and final nominee for the best moment is the elimination round, which is a very, very good elimination round all the way through. Of those three, though, I've got to give it to Nelson and Devin at the bar. And if you're like, I that totally blew past me when you were watching the episode, go back and uh, just rewatch that little moment and just watch everything that's happening on Devin's face. It's, it's amazing. Episode MVP. Uh, four honorable mentions before the winner. Shout out to Fessel. Uh, there wasn't really a good person to slide into the fifth spot on this one. So he does because, again, one, he, he we do get a little like him and Bananas at the beginning talking and Bananas totally trying to paint, doing knowing how confessionals work, trying to paint Fessel as the villain in the like, man, he really fucked his partner over. He really doesn't care about Mariah type of thing when it's like, okay, dude, you just know that eventually down the road, you and Mariah ain't ain't happening probably outside of the show and you're going to get all the shit that you always get for these situations. So maybe you're trying to make Fessel look like the bad guy to her, not so that, you know, save yourself. Anyways, uh, Fessel has, you know, that moment. And then he has the moment where he stands up for Nelson and maybe moves to Nelson's side of things within that team. And, uh, so yeah, he, there's no one else that was good to slide the fifth. So he does Devin's in fourth Devin. Great episode for Devin. He always, he's just, He's maybe the best challenge cast member in my mind at this point. He always finds a way to add value to the episode. And I just really like Devin and everything he brings to the show. I don't always love the alliance he works with, um, but uh, maybe that is even starting to crumble a little bit here. That could be one of the best things that maybe could happen in this season is if that alliance did crumble a little bit for future seasons. Third, Nelson. Second, Norris. Absolutely amazing episode for Norris. Really, it was between Norris and Amber. And I chose Amber as the winner in the end because she needs some as much love as she can get in the world of the challenge. She deserves it. So Amber's the MVP of the episode. Norris is a very close second. And I hope Norris is not injured. And I hope that Norris is one of the ones that Nellie T pulls it off and stays in long enough. And Norris is able to come back into the game. Finishing it up with power rankings and predictions on the female side. We'll start with the females. That was where the elimination was this week. So we'll stick with them up first here. No change to the top five at all. Almost nothing in this changes. Actually, nothing changes in this other than Narice now falls out. She is in the waiting for redemption category. But Casey, Tori, Amber, Nani, Mariah, Anissa, Olivia. That's your top seven. That's all seven that are left. Casey's in a dominant position. Tori maybe is still in a dominant position. We will see. Uh, she avoids that moment of, yes, if the other team wins on a women's day and we're still in these teams, like there's a, it is going to come down to Tori and Anissa versus Casey. And so that's going to lead to maybe the people she thinks has her back won't because Casey will be above them in, in Nani's head specifically. But she's still in a great position. Amber in a solid solid enough position or just is if we make the final i'm taking amber seriously to win the final nani mariah anisa olivia at the bottom because i think that's a elimination round waiting to happen and i think if they all these seven women made the final i think those two would be at the bottom so they remain at the bottom of the power rankings on the men's side fessel retains his top spot bananas right after him jordan and devin right after them 
Nelson, Horacio, Chauncey at the bottom. Uh, no, the real only movement here is I put Nelson above Horacio now. Um, and obviously big Ken, Kenny waiting on redemption. So he's not on the list, but yeah, I think, I think the Horacio and Chauncey are obviously just going to be, if their teams lose on a guy, they they're going into elimination one way or the other. I guess their only way out is maybe they get to at least go to the draw and maybe they could pull a safe dagger who knows. Um, but the men's side as the female side, really, I mean, the only one of this entire 14 people left that I would say like, there's no way they win is Anissa. Um, because I don't think there's a way she can win a final, even partnering back up with Jordan, but everyone else, I can see it. So these aren't, it's really, I, like, I just feel like Fessel and Bananas are in the best spot because I feel like they're in the absolute best spot to not have to go into an elimination of any kind. Uh, but otherwise, these lists, it's pretty even across the board. As for predictions, didn't lose anyone from the preseason predictions again. So we got Bananas and Nani, Tori and Devin, Chauncey and Amber, six of our 10 original finals predictions left in the game. Like to see that. We got Tori and Devin still hanging around, our winner's picks. Like to see that. Last week, we went two and a half for three. And the week before, we had went three for three. We were on a little bit of a run here. And that ends because our predictions for this week, we went one for three. Mariah's team wins the daily. That didn't happen, which meant that Anissa versus Olivia in the elimination also did not happen. But the one I did give myself credit for, I will say, Tori goes for Horacio. I uh, I said I thought that that would happen. I predicted that. And you might be saying, hey, that didn't happen. And I would say to you, rewatch that conversation that they had because, uh, you know, Tori's feeling uh, deservingly upset and spiteful in the moment. And she sees this cute guy who she commented last week on, you know, he's pretty cute over there. And then this week she has a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. It's about the game, but you know, there's, there's some good vibes in that camp. And I, I counted that conversation as, uh, as giving me one for three on my predictions as for predictions for next week's episode. I believe that Fessel's team is going to win again, a third in a row. It's going to get ugly. It's it just it's just kind of the way it goes when we break into two teams in the world of the challenge, or even three teams back on Spies, Lies, and Allies. Like one team is just kind of better and wins all of the times, and the other teams get upset, and then that helps them also keep losing. I think that's going to happen. I think Fessel's team is going to win. I think Jordan is going to be chosen to go into the elimination, which maybe will lead to the arguments we see happening between Tori and Jordan. I'm sure there will be plenty of other things they can argue about, but I think that might be a part of it is that, uh, you know, there's only three guys to pick from and that that team, if they win and get to choose, like go for the top dog at this point, make Jordan beat Devin or Horacio, one of the two, just make sure he's in there. So I think that's prediction number two. And prediction number three is that, yeah, I don't even know. I think, I just think it's going to be a very straightforward thing next week. I think, uh, I think uh, bananas is going to be annoying. How about that? How about that one? That's going out on a limb there. Yeah, that's going to happen. He's going to be annoying in victory again. So those are your three predictions. That's episode 11 of Rider Dies. That's all for this podcast episode. So thank you so much for listening this week. As always, hit that follow or subscribe. Hit me up on Instagram if you want to talk challenge over this holiday season at Challenge Historian on Instagram. I know not really any content coming out there on the Instagram right now. That hopefully will change sometime in the future. But I do still check the DMs every day. I am still very active in the DMs. If you want to talk challenge, it's great to chat it up with all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a safe holiday season. Again, we'll be back. Challenge Australia, 
finale or fi full season recap and awards on Friday. If you haven't watched the Challenge Australia, I implore you. It's well worth your time this holiday season. You have some downtime. You need something to binge. It's one of the best options that you can go for. So look up those links. Very available out there on the interwebs. Watch those. Listen to those recaps. Next week, we'll be for sure back for Ride or Dies. We'll see what else pops up. Um, but we got some travel and different things going on. So we shall see. Thank you, as always, for being here. Talk to you soon. Peace.